I'm going with the force, the force is with me. Hello there and welcome to episode one of One With The Force podcast. My name is Jordan. And I'm John. And in this episode we'll be discussing The Mandalorian. Sounds great. But uh, first, John, I thought we should probably tell the listeners a little bit about ourselves. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. So in case you're wondering why this Star Wars podcast sounds a little bit different from your regular Star Wars podcast, that is because... We are... Scottish. 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 So, I don't know if there is any other uh, Star Wars podcasts that are from Scottish people, but um, this is certainly one of them. <laughs> uh, so, let's just kick it off here, and uh, I'll just ask you about uh, your first time seeing Star Wars. Perfect question to start the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I was about five years old, I think it was. Was it five? No, six years old, sorry. Six years old, um, I was in my uncle's house, episode one was due out, and my uncle was really obsessed with like Judge Dredd and Alien, Star Wars was always his kind of thing, mm-hmm. and on the, one night I was staying with him, and he said, right, John, we're going to watch Star Wars, you're going to love it, it's going to be amazing, so I'm going, oh my god, this is going to be amazing, so... He plays the uh, episode four, um, A New Hope, and I just loved it. It was just everything a kid would love. To me, anyways, I was just, there was like this family of Luke Hanley. Exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was really exciting. All these quirky characters, fun characters, just loving. It was the on edge kind of thing where it was like are oh, they going to make it what's going to happen it was just had everything on it so oh, it was fantastic that was just blew my mind blew yeah, my mind absolutely what about um, you? my first time seeing Star Wars now don't shoot me down here I can't quite remember it but I know that it was um, <clears throat> just before episode 1 came out Phantom Menace and um, my dad showed me Episodes four, five, and six, as yeah. we now know them, the original trilogy, and loved them. Went in to see Phantom Menace, yep. loved that as a child, and kind of grew through the the prequels and uh, <laughs> the love of Jar Jar into the sequels. So, um, no, it, it was uh, it was good. Um, but uh, just moving on, let's discuss how we. First met. Fantastic so. story. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love so, it. The way that we met um, was a wee bit different to 
how most people probably most people as well. You never know. You might see someone that might have the same predicament. Possibly. But uh, do you want to tell them about yeah. first So, a number of years ago, um, I met Jordan in college, uh, doing sports. Now that's where we say it's going to be different, probably because it's through sports. Um, the first year at college, we didn't know each other. Um, we were in different classes at the time. Just talked about our favourite sports team. That's how most people get to know each other here anyway. Um, and from there, we just started talking. And we found out that we both love Star Wars. Yeah. So it turned out quite a good wee thing. Yep. And since then, we've... Well, <laughs> well <laughs> midnight screenings, early previews, to small conventions all the way up to celebration in the UK and uh, the States. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And that kind of leads into the, the next point as well about what your your favourite Star Wars experience has been. Now that can be going to see a film for the first time or perhaps any conventions that you've been to or it could be anything. Yeah. Uh, any, well, what, what's your favourite Star Wars experience? Well, I mean, every experience is... That I've had has been fantastic. I mean, a lot of people will probably think, oh, he's going to say, uh, sorry, celebration. Celebration is a general thing. Oh, but got, my... Of course, I need to kind of butt in here and say that there are probably people who don't know about celebrations. So do you want to. Yeah, for celebration, it's just. It's magical. Like, everything about it. Even standing waiting in the queues for hours on end. You're meeting fantastic people from across the globe. It's fantastic. I mean, we met a few people that's probably listening. We went to Florida in Orlando. Um, talking in the queues all the way from the start. Made friends, people just together for Star Wars and everything's... Oh, I, I just, uh, it's so hard to put in words. It's so fantastic. You've hit the nail on the head there about everyone has a common... Um, a common thing that they can relate to as yeah, well. Yeah, and being um, Star Wars, everybody's so comfortable. We can all kind of relate to each other on, on yeah. one particular franchise. Definitely, but the best thing is like people listen to what you have to say mm-hmm. without shutting it down and not being nasty about it. Absolutely, uh, it's really good just for people to listen to you and discussing, just enjoying Star Wars, really. And. Uh, well, we've not really got to your favourite. I know, sorry. Yet. So sidetracked right yeah. now. Um, but my experience was actually with yourself, Jordan. Oh. Um, Good to I know. Um, so, when we done the the early release of Rogue One, uh, we went to Edinburgh and it was released three days early. We done, there was like a live feed for four different cinemas, I'm sure. For the, the UK premiere. Yeah, the UK yeah. premiere, sorry. And we done what was the Q and A as well? It was just the excitement. What about yourself? Obviously, you've got something probably different from me. Maybe the same. Never. Yeah. Uh, I know you're probably thinking that I'm gonna say the Star Wars celebration, but yeah. um, I'm gonna throw a wee spanner in the works, and right. I'll say the Force Awakens was oh, right. probably my favourite experience because we hadn't had something Star Wars for so long. That's true. And to to get such a such anticipation leading up to it was just overwhelming I think at times Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm so glad with how it turned out and for for just that entire experience just moving on to uh, the next part here um, I'll ask you what your favourite Star Wars film is 
Well, every Star Wars film is my favourite. Because <laughs> it's Star Wars? Uh, definitely, just because it's Star Wars. I mean, as I said when I was with my uncle, uh, the first one I watched was the original trilogy. And for some, like, the episode five, Empire Strikes Back, stuck in my brain. There was so much happening. It was just straight into it. Didn't know the outcome. Like every Star Wars film, the outcome, you kind of can guess now, obviously you've seen it. But if you haven't seen it, it's just, you're on edge, like, are the rebels going to get found out? Are they going to escape? When they do, you've still got the chase of Han and Leia. Takes all the time. Ah, it's, it, it's really, really good. Um, it's just... And then even... I remember the scene when uh, Darth Vader's walking by, talking to all the bounty hunters. Just see the bounty hunters and giving a wider spread of character to the films. With bits like that, I just loved for it. It was just... Uh, it was mind-blowing for me. Mind-blowing. And, and of course, that... Um that point about the bounty hunters will probably lead into a segment possibly, later Possibly, possibly. We well, might see. I think we revealed it at the start of the show. <laughs> um, uh, talking about my favourite Star Wars film, um, it's probably a wee bit different to what people's expectations might be, but um, I think it's still, in my view, one of the, the best Star Wars films, which is Return of the Jedi. Okay. And... The reason I say that is because I think it was, again, stakes. Um, there was stakes at the, the climax of the film, uh, particularly in the throne room scene. Yep. Um, and at that moment as well, when you've got multiple storylines going on at the, at the one time with Lando yeah. um, and, and Akbar and everything in space. It's and, just and, everything. And, and, one of, and one of, uh, if not the best, um, space battle in Star Wars. Um, uh-huh. That's true. That's true. And at the same time as that, you've got Han and Leia and the droids and <laughs> uh, Chewie and the Ewoks, of course. Yeah, you can't forget about the Ewoks. Can't Come on, the Ewoks. Everyone's stars favorite. of the film. Everyone's favorite. Um, and and at the same time, of course, Luke and Vader and the Emperor. I think that that storyline, you you don't know which way it's going to go. Is the Emperor going to kill Luke? Is are you going to kill Vader? Is, is Luke going to kill both of them? Is Luke going to kill both of them? Is, yeah, it could go anyway, really. And for me, that why I think it's it's my favourite Star Wars film. We're desperate for anything you can tell us. That's good news. I hope you're still paying attention. Tell us these things. So moving into our next segment, yep, and we'll go into the rebel roundup. Ooh. So um, I'm just gonna we're gonna take it one at a time here, I think, and, and reading out the stories. So um, not so it's been quite um, quite dull for news yeah, this week. Quite I dry, think. Yeah, um, but in the latest episode nine news, uh, Oscar Isaac, who of course plays Poe Dameron. Um, revealed that episode 9 is going to be much looser and improvisational um, which has received a bit of criticism among the Star Wars fan base Um, you know I don't know whether or not you feel um, aggrieved by this or well I'm not I wouldn't say I'm very critical of it I think it's a good way to bring differences out in certain characters 
like it could be for the comedy bits, it could be for like the acting. So like for me, Tom Holland in the Avengers Infinity War, mm-hmm. where he broke down to Tony Stark, improvised, and that was just cinema beauty. To in my eyes, I thought that was incredible acting, and I think that could lead to it. The only thing I'd maybe say towards it of a negative point is it could ruin the tone of the current films with the Last Jedi being quite serious of the way how it's painted and what's happened it could maybe conflict with uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi it could maybe throw off that's the only thing I could say of course um, you'd mentioned the Tom Holland um, uh, improvising um, but I think also Harrison Ford famously improvised the, the line. I forget. <laughs> improvised the line. I know. Well, that's a good way to look at it. And um, we we don't actually know how much um, improvising is going to be in this film. Yep. You know, it could just be a scene. It could be. Could be his scene. Could be one of his we scenes. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but uh, let's let's move on to the next story, shall we? Yep. So, next up we have uh, Industrial Light and Magic is developing a new Magic Leap 1 experience uh, in which Anthony Daniels, C3PO himself of course, um, will guide you through raising a family of porks in uh, a virtual environment uh, and this will be available free to download in December of this year I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yep, December this year. Um, look, to, to me I'm not I'm not going to be with someone who buys this <laughs> or, or downloads this. Um doesn't really appeal to me, but I might have a I may have a oh, look. Oh, you never it. know. You get curious, and maybe one of your favourite things. I think this is certainly something that um, young children will, will you know, they'll wrap la- yeah. this up. Um, yeah, it's quite good for that. I, I think uh, for for kids particularly who love the porgs, <laughs> and it, you know they clearly love the porgs from all the, the yeah. sales and stuff. I love the porgs got. too. Good yeah. in my stomach. Lovely cooked tea. <laughs> yeah, Chewy got it right. Uh, um, let's not go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> um, Finally, there's um, there was some good uh, news where John Williams is now reportedly back in the US yeah. and recovering well, um, following his his illness in which he was hospitalised for. But we, uh, one with the Force podcast, would like to send our best wishes and uh, a speedy recovery yeah, to definitely. Mr. Williams, yep. who, of course, um, for those of you who don't know, is the composer of the Skywalker saga yep. Star Wars films so all the best to John Williams and we hope that you'll send out your love to him too now we'll move on to our next segment which is a little game that we're going to play impossible to see the future is So we're going to just move on to our next and we're going to play a little game called How Predictable and this is a game which you can play along with us um, if you've got predictive text on your phones of course or on any other electronic device and um, if you get a good one then you can send it to us either on Twitter or through our email which we'll give to you at the end. Um, So John are you ready to play this game? Yep definitely. So the quote which we're going to give you and then follow up uh, and see whatever our phone generates 
is that's no moon it's a so for mine it says that's no moon it's a little okay so it's pretty standard there's nothing overly hilarious <laughs> right I'll read out mine so mine generated that's no moon it's a great day <laughs> Don't worry about the Death Star, it'll be a good day. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a good day. So let's move on to our next topic, which we will discuss... And this week we're going to discuss The Mandalorian. The main event, guys. The Mandalorian. So, John, have you seen much uh, that's been released of the, the Mandalorian so far, news-wise? Or? Surprisingly, no. Um, I've tried to avoid it, mostly. Um, try to get really surprised for it, because I feel... I want to try to take a different approach this time to... Usually I'm like, oh, the new trailer's released, I want to have a look. This new image has been released, someone said this. I don't want, I want surprise, I want a different shock this time. Just for something different, I suppose. Right, well, I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, I'm going to introduce you to some of the images. Not quite yet, but we'll lead on to that uh, a wee bit later. Um, First of all, I'm just wanting to give you a little bit of information about The Mandalorian. So, John Favreau, who is the showrunner mm-hmm. for The Mandalorian, um, of course, uh, played of Pre Vizsla in The Clone Wars, yep. and also directed films such as Iron Man, Jungle Book, and currently directing the uh, live action version of The Lion King. Yep, seen that. Um, no, I love the, the Jungle Book. I've not seen Iron Man. No? No, I've really? not seen Iron Man. Well, there'll be a shock to some people in this podcast. <laughs> I've, I loved Jungle Book though. Oh, the live action Jungle live Book was fantastic. Book. Um, but of course, this comes from him, and uh, I'll just give you the, the quick synopsis, uh, which was posted on his uh, Instagram page, which was After the stories of Django and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We will follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Now, just speaking about that synopsis, what are you, an immediate thoughts or um, opinions? It's a big timescale to put a live action show on, yep. especially something they can draw out over a couple of years. Obviously, Mandalorians, as we know, like, if anybody knows anything about Mandalorians, like, the very, well, the heart and the sleeve, shall we say, um, obviously a lot of history, they go thought of, like, the families mean a lot to them, um, and how they're perceived throughout their planet, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, their culture, um, so I think it's a pretty good place to start for a live action show, um, the time scale I think is perfect, um, Especially being focused on one person, it means you can introduce a whole variance of characters like we've seen maybe from like the animated series. You've got your main crew, but you've got this person, that person. 
and it builds extra characters in depth and also it clears up what's happened between those periods as a background kind of thing instead of being focused on likes of the Empire or Rebellion we've got this what happened in the underbelly of the universe no absolutely and I think that um, obviously we've had the the Clone Wars uh, animated series we've had Rebels the animated series I think this is going to be another one of those yeah um, in the sense that it's between this, uh, the trilogies. Yeah. It's between, obviously, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And because of that, yeah. I think we're going to get a lot of depth and a lot of background on the Mandalorians and, and things like that for people who haven't seen um, Clone Wars or Rebels, Rebels yep. um, which will, which is a good platform, I think, to... Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm just going to go through the directors as well. So yep. the... The director of the pilot episode is someone who directed and Which we just spoke was about. the showrunner yep. for Clone Wars and Rebels, Dave Filoni. What are your opinions on that? Dave Filoni being the uh, director uh, of the pilot episode, I think that's a fucking idea. Um, just through what he done in Rebels and the Clone Wars, um, I thought it was fantastic. For me, the TV shows are brilliant. I watch them all the time. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a smart choice. Yeah. Smart choice, because he knows I, what he's doing. I think that this is going to be quite different, actually, from Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I think that this one's going to be slightly more geared towards the adult. The adult viewer, yeah. Uh, the adult Star Compared Wars to Clone fan. Wars and Rebels, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, I think just the platform that they're using... Uh, it's not the the Disney Channel, yep, um, and it's not anything like that. So I think we're going to get a lot more lore and a lot more perhaps adult themes in it. Mm-hmm. Not as much, um, <laughs> you know, anything uh, that children can't watch. But I think it's going to be certainly a bit P- more PG thirteen. Yeah, and yeah, um, rather than it being universal. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I think that by doing that, it means you can widen your story. It gives more depth to the characters, and also like you can in, like you could interact with the characters through their experience and seeing more nitty gritty of Star Wars rather than the clean. Yeah, this is how it is kind yeah. of thing. Lived in universe. Yes. Does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More suited. Um, and I think that also a lot of Star Wars fans have called for for Dave Filoni to get a, an opportunity at a live action. Um, some of them were saying films, and I personally thought that it was perhaps a wee bit too soon for him to get a film or anything like that just because he hadn't cut his teeth in live action I think yeah. obviously he has this animation background and because of that I feel it favours him and the other ones it, it, it was certainly um, became the master I think in, <laughs> yeah, in terms of animation and I think perhaps he could do the same and I think with John Favreau working with John Favreau I think that um, you've got a top class to there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially if you have seen like the likes of Fireman and Jungle Book, they are very precise. They're yep. very, they're just very vivid. Not not to mention Chef, right? <laughs> uh, you've maybe not seen. I don't know if you've seen Chef. Nope, I haven't. Um, Chef is one of, in my opinion, the best low budget films, um, and I think he's done a, a terrific job with that. Um, we're not going to talk too much about that, obviously. <laughs> Moving on to the the next directors, it's going to be Deborah Chow, Rick Famuyiwa, 
uh, Bryce Dallas Howard Taika Waititi and that's all <laughs> um, so Bryce Dallas Howard um, was a bit of a surprising one for me um, of course she's the, the daughter of Ron Howard who directed mm-hmm. and various other films as well and she also played uh, Claire in Jurassic World yep so she's really kind of cutting her teeth in yeah it's and quite a big step but that's the way she wants to go it's probably a good place to start mm-hmm. um, especially with it being the first of a Star Wars live action yep. it's a big thing so there's a lot of stakes so I think with her learning off of others part of that Dave Filoni uh, John Favreau like getting ideas off them inspiration from them it could be good for her mm-hmm. so it's always work out for her um Taika Waititi, have you seen Thor Ragnarok by any chance? Or? Love Thor Ragnarok. Yep, yep. one of my favourite Marvel. Yep. Um, and a lot of people say, I haven't personally not seen it. Really? Yeah, really not okay, seen it. Okay, there's that. another one you've not seen. I know. <laughs> um, a few murmurs about it being quite comedic. As, as uh, it's and, more of the Guardians Galaxy kind of theme. Yeah, and I've seen some people kind of worrying that perhaps it, this, this is going to go off the... Vibe, of it. The vibe yeah, of the Mandalorian. You could say that, but in our known history of uh, Star Wars, there's always a joke. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always yeah. a bit of banter. Yeah, but uh, I thought interestingly as well, the producers of the show: Kathleen Kennedy, Colin Wilson, Karen Gilchrist, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni. Now, for me, the one that stands out there is Dave Filoni being a, a being a producer of the show, because. If you've seen obviously Rebels and Clone Wars, you'll know um, exactly what I mean by this. But he goes into lore quite in depth. Yeah. And I think also with John Favreau being there, um, it kind of gives. He's he's a big Star Wars fan as well. Yeah. I think you're going to get quite a lot of lore with this show, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, going to be a different approach. It's going to be different from anything we've probably seen um, obviously some will like it some will love it some will hate it but it's got it's going to be interesting yeah. uh, I'm very excited about it um, for not know much to be fair yeah. you give me an educational lesson yeah. well I'm going to give you a little bit more of an educational lesson here um, I love school well not so much <laughs> an education but um, I'm going to let you in on some of the some of the secrets that John Favreau shared so if you have a look um and if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see these images up on your screen. Um, so John's just looking at them just now, and you can see the images from the Mandalorian which have been posted. Now I don't know, does it do any of these stand out to you? Um, not such, no. Just does. It looks like a cantina. The ones that are certainly standing out to me are the George Lucas. Well, obviously, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, George Lucas being on set, and it, it's actually it's. it's it's quite refreshing, I think, to see that he's still keeping himself involved. Yeah, I think I think T. Dan George does have, no matter if it's not his anymore to say, mm-hmm. um, he loves it. It's a big deal to him. It means a lot. It's it was his major starting point. I think it was just you're going to be curious and you want to be there. You want to make sure everything's going right. Yeah, but I, I certainly think like that image at the very top um, that you'll yeah. see the one of him standing with Dave Filoni and John Favreau yeah George Lucas was obviously heavily involved with the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and um, 
I think that Dave Filoni learned a lot off of George. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if those other images of the the, uh, the props mm-hmm. do they mean anything to you? Certainly, the bottom one won't mean too much to you. I wouldn't think, but the one the, what, the rifle. Yeah. Yeah. That probably won't mean too much to you, but I'll explain that a wee minute. Um, but the the other prop, can you? It looks like an HP maker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yes. So I'm maybe and going with uh, something to make blue milk with. Um, oh, well, possibly no. I don't know. Possibly but, never know. Um, but never certainly know. that that ice cream maker is um, made famous in the Empire Strikes Back. That's the one. Um, and uh, <laughs> you get a lot of uh, cosplayers running about, walking about, celebration with the ice cream maker. Celebration <laughs> with the ice cream maker. Um, but yeah, some, some wonderful pictures in there, and of course we can't. Ignore the the picture of the Mandalorian himself. Yeah, it looks or good. Yeah, that's it. We don't know. We actually don't know from the picture. It, it looks very hard to see. <laughs> so I'll just discuss a wee bit about the the rifle itself. Um, now John doesn't really recognise this rifle, but this is. rifle is in fact from the holiday special. <laughs> now, oh here we go. John, would you like to tell them? Um, what you know about the holiday special? Yes. Apologies for anybody out there who <laughs> loves it, <laughs> but I have not seen it. I'm very skeptical of it. <laughs> I'm not brave enough to take that step into the Star Wars universe. So yeah, John's been trying to get me to watch it for a while now. But no, in all seriousness, it's it's good to see that they're taking um, they're they're, ta- they're still having a laugh at themselves. Yeah, they're taking aspects from it. Um, they're taking aspects from things that aren't canon just now. Um, <laughs> just now, I like that. Just now, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's let's discuss this Mandalorian a wee bit further. Um, what do you think will happen in the story? Obviously, we don't know, and we don't even have any sort of leaks or anything like that out yet. No, it's quite a blank canvas. Yep. Um, um, so what are your thoughts? What do you, what kind of themes do you think we'll see throughout the story? Well, for starters, I think it could it could be well, obviously in the Empire there was Mandalorians who served under the Empire, mm-hmm. so either this person will be would have been part of it, or his family part of the Empire to help them out. Um, he's trying to find his place in the universe. Mm-hmm. He seems like a lone gun. He doesn't mix with anybody, rather work alone. Could possibly go down the bounty hunter route, Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think so. I think there will be bounty hunter aspects in it, where he probably will do certain jobs, but I think it'll be more of an exploration journey rather than anything. So it'll touch on different places we've seen, not seen, and different characters, maybe existing characters. Um, for that well we're going to get to that well from that it could be from the new trilogy that's happened could be could also be from the Battlefront game they might make someone from that a visual presence they could also touch on people that we did see in the Return of the Jedi also Mm -hmm. do you think it's the well I I think we kind of established from your answer there that uh, the, the answer to this next question but do you think that the Mandalorian will be male or female? Um, 
Personally, from the picture, I think it's a male. Um, but I wouldn't rule out a protagonist being female. Um, obviously, it could be a female, same with the male kind of thing. But from the picture, I think it's personally a male. Okay. Um, now we're kind of going to go a wee bit deep in this, I think. And we ask the next question, which is, will Sabine Wren show up in The Mandalorian? Now, obviously, for those of you who don't know who Sabine is, um, she was a captain in Rebels. Um, she was obviously tied with Mandalore. Yeah, she was of uh, a great Mandalorian family um, and descent. She also wielded the Darksaber. If anybody that doesn't know that, you can Google it. I'm not going to give too much <laughs> away because um, it could be a big part of this standalone uh, show. And I think she'd be a fantastic character to then see in this. Obviously, so with you, the end of Rebels. So do you think she will show up? I think, personally, she will. Not as I think we would think she would turn up as. I think Ooh, it will be... <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I'm very secretive right now. I don't want to give too much away. Just for people that haven't really watched Rebels, because I know yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people haven't really went that far. But if you have... You know what Sabine's like, and at the end of the whole Rebels, like, I don't think she'll be I think she'll be a wiser in this time period she'll be more she's experienced she knows what the galaxy's like and capable of and she's trying to find her way in the universe as well yeah and uh, my opinions on this are that I think I think she I want to say possibly will show up but she does appear um, in my view it's going to be just as a cameo I don't think it's going to be a big part of the story I don't think that she'll um, necessarily interact with uh, the main protagonist in this show right okay um, so kind of like the Rogue One where it was Captain Cindula th- the kind I of Tanner it, and it's kind of thing not like that yeah, but yeah, like I think subtle it, well I think it's going to be more of a Yoda cameo in The Last Jedi okay I think that's sort of presence in it I don't think it's going to be too could be a story of her yeah I think I think you'll get the same sort of um, same sort of time that Yoda was in The Last Jedi I don't think it's going to be much not as a force ghost guys we know that no obviously (laughs) anyway next question which of the old slash new characters from the films will we see or won't we see could be mentioned yep could be that we don't see any of course um, or will be mentioned do you well, think that we'll see or hear of a lot of the characters I don't think they'll touch on it too much of already existing characters like visual characters that we've already seen I don't know if they'll focus on that mm-hmm. just due to the fact it's new it's fresh they might want to go down a different route do to you create think? more characters and stuff but I do think there will be some reminiscence to certain characters of stories of the past um, and also like Families, well, if it's about Mandalorians or whatever general consensus, it'd be anything because Mandalore was like the middle point of everything from the uh, New Republic to the, the Empire and Rebellion. They were always there, always there. So it could be people we've met through the TV series or the films or stories. You never know. Do, do you think no, it might not be a, a major. Um, part of the story or anything but do you think that we'll touch any on the force or we'll probably get a, a reference to it or yeah we'll probably get a reference I'm not too sure uh, it could be 
I think they might try and avoid it just because it's more of the nitty gritty kind of. Um, this isn't about the force sensitive, so you don't think that the mandolin's going to be force sensitive? Or? Could be, but. Think that well, would be a, a reveal. I don't know. It's, it, it's so because it's fresh. There's not a lot of detail on it. It's hard to say. But for now, I'd say they might try and avoid it. Okay. So, do you think now in every Star Wars film, obviously, there's been a lightsabering night? Will this be any different, or do you think that we will see a lightsaber, or maybe even a dark saber? Well, as I mentioned before, the dark saber did play a, a big part in the Mandalorian history. So now, I think it could be passed down to someone. It could be this person's family. Mm-hmm. It could be part of, uh, like Sabine's kind of family, you never know. could be part of a lot of things. But yeah, I definitely think we might see a dark saber eventually. Now, you said there about this, this uh, Mandalorian's family. I don't think we'll actually learn much about Well, this is, this I think it'll family. be the, the main, that's why I say in soul searching. From him not knowing where he's came from because it was taken by the Empire under a certain person's wing and because of the destruction of the Empire he's now resorting to making a life from his own or her own and that's where they're trying to find out and I think that's why the, the, the progress of the story will be to discover who this person actually is. Okay. So you think we'll eventually learn about this character's yes, family? Yes, I think it's right. going to be a time getting to know the person, yeah. Okay. I, I personally, personally, I think that we'll just see this character on, on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it might be part of a crew at one point, mm-hmm. like a, perhaps there's a heist episode or something like that, um, but I don't think that you're going to learn too much about uh, his background or anything. I think they're going to keep that more of a mystery. And um, just in in reference to that, do you think that we'll get a reveal of this character's face at any point, or do you think that they'll always have the mask on? No, I think we'll definitely get a face. I think we'll definitely get a face. Mm. I get the whole point having the mask on to be a mystery, but I I, th- I can see them having it off. I think it's just showing what the armor's like with the picture I just they don't want to reveal too much about who it could be mm-hmm. or what but we'll have the helmet off here right I, I, th- I believe that they might keep the mask on just because I think that that was a part which the fans loved about Boba Fett in particular was the, the fact mystery. that there was the mystery, the mystery yeah. of the character you didn't know what they looked like what their background was anything really about Boba Fett um, until Obviously, obviously what the, the prequels, prequels yeah, um, and there was obviously a, a little bit of backlash as well about the prequels when we've seen a young Boba Fett so I don't I think they might stay clear of this but in terms of lightsaber igniting I think I think we're both probably in agreement that, that we'll see yes, the, the lightsaber ignite whether it'll be the dark saber or, or not, not yep. um, we'll need to wait and see but um, I certainly think that there will be some sort of uh, moment where a lightsaber ignites. Yep. Now, I kind of touched on Boba Fett a second ago there. Do you think that we'll see Boba Fett show up as a that he's escaped the Sarlacc pit, or do you think Boba Fett's gone? Well, I... People may hate me for saying this, but I'd like to think he's gone, and this is a new chapter. I don't think bringing him into it would 
be any relevance. It could be, it could be, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say it's not relevant at all, obviously, both Mandalorians. But then again, his introduction to this wouldn't kill it, wouldn't hype it up for me. I think it'd just be, oh, there's Boba Fett, that's that's what he's doing. Yeah, 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 a cameo. Yeah, like background of a cantina or something like that. that But that would be in itself a, a, a sort of lame reveal. I suppose, I suppose, but this isn't about Boba Fett. This is a new journey of this Mandalorian and his story, or her story. It's not about the past. For me, I think it, they should just concentrate on the series rather than trying to bring all these wee things back that could or couldn't be. And I think it's also important to, to emphasise as well that Kathleen Kennedy this week, we didn't mention it at the top of the show, but Kathleen Kennedy this week uh, revealed that there's 100% not going to be a Boba Fett movie standalone yep um, or it's definitely not in the works um, it's definitely scrapped yep so perhaps that will play into this it possibly not. could just well, ju- I think it's one of those need to wait and see yeah, them. Um, and but especially it, like a lot of people out there love Boba Fett as a character um, a character didn't get much screen time but just his love throughout the universe and obviously with the stories of him escaping the Sarlacc pit I think a lot of people would love to see that, just as a wee hat tip to that story. And I and think it would be a very nice reveal for fans as well. But the only issue that I have with that is will it take away from the char- the main character of The Mandalorian if Boba Fett shows well, up? That's the way I was thinking. Um, if they had it as a small cameo kind of thing a lot of people might be disappointed in that but it's not taking the attention too much off the main storyline but then again to have a wee hat tip for the fans who love the character it'd be good to see him in an episode or two depending on what they do but as we say we don't know what's going to happen finally do you think we'll see any disintegrations <laughs> no disintegrations None? Um, no, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it, <laughs> might, it might be a good. It's a Mandalorian trait. <laughs> yeah, it might be a good hat tip to, of course, Empire Strikes Back, yeah. as you mentioned earlier on. Owen and Brew. I mean, that's their. That's their. Be hat tipping them to them. You never know. You never know. I think it could be definitely something. Um, I think it would be nice to see personally. I think <laughs> I think I, I want to Burning see some disintegrations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it might not be for kids, but well, that's what I was just about to say. That it's going to give that more rustic vibe, the more underbelly of the universe to see that. And let's not forget as well. We probably won't see the yeah. We the won't see like, watching that yeah. a full person getting burned Could, alive. Yeah. Well, although it's Anakin. That's true, but he survived. He's got a happy story. I don't true. think the people he. They'd be killing a happy story. <laughs> true, that's very true. So just moving on, uh, we're going to play another game. Um, and you can obviously play along and let us know how you got on with this as well. Um, we're going to have a little quiz. And this week it's going to be John that, uh, that partakes in this. He has not been given the questions. Um, and he will not be given the questions until <laughs> I ask them out. Um as I say, you can play along at home or in the car or wherever you are and let us know how you got on um, if you are playing along. So, John, are you ready to play Wookie Roulette? I'm always up for a chance. Let's go.
Just to clarify, we will be given 10 questions and you have one minute to answer. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, your time starts in three, two, one, go. Name the character that wields a name a character that wields a green lightsaber. Hello Skywalker. What planet could Obi Wan not find the Jedi archives? Camino. What name of ja- What is the name of Jango Fett and Boba Fett's ship? Slave One. What detention block was Leia kept in in A New Hope? One One Three A. What colour is C-3PO? Gold. Finish the quote. Who's more foolish, the fool or... The fool who follows him. How many parsecs did Ray think the Millennium Falcon completed in? Uh, what colour was the inside of Luke's garment in Return of the Jedi? Black. What was Anakin's midichlorian count? Over 10,000. Name one of the owners of the Falcon from Han Solo. Uh, Apart from Han Solo, sorry. Uh, Lando Calrissian. Okay, well done. You answered all the questions in time, but well the correct answers. Oh no. So let's just get the answers for that. Um, so the first question was, of course, what uh, name one character which wields a green lightsaber. You said Luke Skywalker, which was one of the correct answers. Yep. Um, what planet could not find in the Jedi archives? You said Kamino. How embarrassing. Also correct. Um, what was the name of Django and Boba Fett's ship? Which you said Slave One. Also correct. Good. What detention block was Leia kept in during A New Hope? You said 113A. That is incorrect. The correct answer is the detention block 138. Oh, why does it say A? Um, so, oh. what colour is C3PO? Obviously gold. gold. Uh, finish the quote. Who's more foolish or the fool who follows him? Uh, how many parsecs did Ray think the Millennium Falcon completed the Kessel running? You said 14. 14. 14. <laughs> uh, what colour was on the inside of Luke's garment in Return of the Jedi? You said black. Oh, no. The answer was white. And... What was Anakin's midichlorian count? Technically, you were correct by saying <laughs> nah, over 10,000. But the official answer was over 20,000. Yep. And the final question was, name one of the owners of the Falcon apart from Han Solo. You said... Lando. Lando Calrissian, which is a correct answer. And so we'll just move on to the conclusion. First of all, thank you for, thank you for listening. Um... Next time, we'll hopefully be taking some of your questions, and you can be part of that by simply sending us those questions over to us on Twitter at OWTF underscore pod, that's OWTF underscore pod, or by email at onewiththeforcepodcast at gmail.com, that's onewiththeforcepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And if you're listening to us on YouTube and want to post a question uh, in the comments, if you if you could, that'd be great. And could you also like and subscribe and turn that wee notification bell on just so you can catch up with the recent podcasts that we will be doing. 
And finally, uh, could you leave us an iTunes review if po- uh, possible? We'd really appreciate it. Um, yep, so get if that's obviously if you're listening to us on those platforms. Um, but finally, thank you for listening. Until next time. See you, bro.
presence I've not felt since. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.